I'm Logan Crawford, and right now on Spotlight, meet Jillian Moss. She is posing a question. Can enduring life's trials truly bring us closer to God? In her personal story, Great is Thy Faithfulness, she explores the depths of faith through her own challenging journey, providing a look at how the unwavering divine companionship she found has completed her life along the way. We're delighted to have Jillian join us here today on Spotlight. We thank the team at Prime 7 Media for helping us put her in the spotlight today. And we ask viewers like you to support writers like her by subscribing to our channel. Jillian, thank you so much for joining us here today. You're welcome. And I think we're joined by your lovely cat, too, who is uh, keeping you company Winston, today. Yeah. <laughs> Winston the cat. That's right. She's your good luck cat, right? Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Well, they're good companions, that's for sure. I loved yeah. your book. I think it's such a wonderful spiritual journey. Let's start out by telling the folks at home how the difficulties and challenges you had during your life actually deepened your faith in God. I haven't got time to tell you about my Robin, have I? Oh, sure. Let's hear about your Robin. Absolutely. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about Robin. That was the one that... That was what made Vic tell me to write the book. Sure. Now we've been uh, we've, we've been on on our first ever Bible week holiday, right? Mm -hmm. And my Robin had become a Christian then; he was nine. And when we went home, um, we were supposed to go on holiday with a friend of mine, who had been my first husband had left me with my two boys. Her husband had left her with her two boys, mm -hmm. and we arranged to go to Devon on holiday. Um, then her car broke down. She couldn't afford to come. So not wanting to disappoint the boys, I went on my own. Now, the first day we got there, I went into a, a big store to get a bit of shopping, and I bought a dinghy. The boys wanted a dinghy, so I bought this dinghy. Mm. The following day, we went to a place called Charmouth, which is a massive bay, a really big, lovely bay. We went there. That morning, oh no, while, most important, while I was in the store, my Robin asked me three very significant questions. Question one, Mummy, does God tell you when you're going to die? I said, well, mm. I think so, Robin, because oftentimes a patient would say to me, I won't be here when you come back. Mm. And sure enough, they, they died. Second question, Mummy, when I die, will Jesus come and take me up to heaven? Mm. I said, well, I'm not sure about him coming in person, Robin, but all over the world, people are dying. But I would imagine... He would send an angel for you and he'll be waiting for you in heaven. Okay. Slightly more pensive note. Mummy, what's it like to die? Hmm. I said, Robin, I don't know. I've never died. But I know it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. Nothing to worry about. Now that... Next day, we went to Charmouth, and 
he was so happy, skipping along ahead of me, singing mm. a little song that he had learned at the Bible week. Something good is going to happen today, happen today, happen today. Something good is going to happen today. Jesus of Nazareth is coming my way. Mm. About an hour later, when we joined all the other people on the beach, the boys were um, with, with the little dinghy and Robin was pulling Adrian up and down near the edge. And I, I wrote a couple of postcards and threw some little pebbles for our dog to catch. And I looked up. I was fine. Looked up. Come back. You're going too far. I jumped to my feet. Couple next to me, the man said, don't worry, I'll go and get them for you. So he went into the sea. He came back. He said, I'm sorry, I can't. Apparently, when the tide is in, the shingle forms a shelf. Mm. And it's a sudden drop. Right. And the, the man had suddenly dropped and thought he couldn't do it, so he came back. That's fine. Why didn't all the people who were in the sea that day, loads of them, on all sorts of things, lilos, rubber tires, everything, why didn't they notice a boat with two little boys was going out? Anyway, the lady jumped up. She said, you watch them. There's a, a fishing boat. Looks as though it's about to launch down there. I'll go and tell them. So she ran to tell the boat to go out and rescue my children. Hmm. As the boat left the shore, my Robin left the boat. He had been holding on to the side. He left the boat and he started to swim back to shore. And he was a good swimmer, a really good swimmer according to his coach. And he only did about four strokes and he disappeared from view. And uh, he didn't come up again. So I ran to where the boat had been and it was coming back. And they gave me a very white-faced Adrian. Coast Guard was there. Somebody in trouble. I said, yes, my son is just drowned out there. Next thing, lifeboat, helicopter, three frogmen, police with loud hailers. Three and a half hours they were trying to find him. The doctor from the boat must have thought I was mad because he came to the ambulance where they put Adrian and me. And he, when he said he was sorry, I hadn't been able to find him. I looked at him and I said, you weren't meant to find him. Anyway, about five days later, I had a phone call. They'd found him. And it was a mother with a, um, a child with some learning disability. pulling. She was pulling him along in a dinghy. And there was a man walking with a dog. The child saw Robin floating. The lady called the man and he came down and he pulled Robin out of the sea 
and they covered him with that thing. Five days, no sign of him, and then he turns up on the same day. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So then we had the inquest and all the, all the horrible bits. Yeah. But I had that wonderful treasure to hang on to. Yeah. I knew where he was. Yeah. God, God had the graciousness to tell me. Yeah. You know, like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've told hundreds of people about it. And uh, it, it has helped a lot of people. Yeah. Well, he had great faith. God had spoken to him. He spoke to you the words that God had spoken to him. So yeah. during this unbelievably awful time in your life, at least you had that peace come to you that Robin yeah. was in a better place and in the arms of God. Amen. Amen. Jillian, God bless you. Thank you for sharing that story. Well, I, I became a Christian when I was 15. Mm -hmm. um, with a, a Billy Graham crusade, wow. dear Billy Graham, he was lovely, and um, from that day onwards, he God was always in my life. I used to pray a lot, especially I was a, a nurse and I used to pray for patients um, when I was looking after them, mm. um, and they seemed to like. It. Yeah, um, I've been through so many different difficulties and trials mm. in my life. And the Lord has helped me nonstop. Yeah. Really, really helped me. I could go on for hours telling you all the different things he's done for me, including little things. Yeah. Like um my father had passed away. Uh, my mother was living in Wales, mid-Wales, and um, she was ageing somewhat, full of arthritis and a bit forgetful. And I used to phone her every weekend, send her a letter every week, and go down to see her about every six weeks of the weekend. Mm -hmm. And then one day um, I went down to see her, and all the photographs of me had vanished. They were nowhere in the house. Hmm. And when I asked her, Mum, what have you done with the photos? Don't you know, she says. No. Anyway, she was a bit cool towards hmm. me. And when I came back to come back to, um, to Brighton, I was upset mm. and the weather was awful I pulled down into a lay-by just to have a little break and a, a cry and mm. then into my mind came a verse from scripture so father and mother forsake thee the Lord will take you up he was there for me yeah. and immediately I felt better and carried on driving home yeah 
So it does everyone think there's loads of things. I mean, there's not time to talk about them all. Exactly. I, I think what you're trying to say is that it's a very personal relationship that you have with God, yeah. that he's always in your life, not just in hard times, but always. And there's a communication you have with him pretty much all the time. That's how yeah. deep your faith is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I talk to him an awful day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I do too. I mean, you're always saying little prayers uh, for important things, for little things. Uh, you're mindful of God's presence. And I think that's what helps you have a centered and a peaceful life because of that enduring faith. Sometimes I wake mm. up in the morning and there's a hymn running through my mind mm. and I start singing it as I wake up. It's great. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, thank goodness and thank God for Billy Graham. He really was one of God's messengers here on earth, I think. He was a truly a great man. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So what was it like writing this book and why did you decide to put down your life's journey in a book? Well, um, my husband's brother, elder brother, was a vicar of a, a, a church in uh, Chesterfield mm -hmm. and we went to visit him one day and he knew a bit about my story especially about what happened to my son Robin and how it happened and everything and he'd said to me people need to know this you need to write a book mm. it will help people write a book me <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was capable of writing a book. Yeah. Anyway, I, I promised him I would. And uh, when he passed away, I still hadn't done it. And I thought, I promised Vic I would do that. I must do it. So. Here it is. You <laughs> put <laughs> it. What was it like writing it? Do you think it was a little bit of divine inspiration that came? Were you communicating with God when you were uh, putting the words down on paper? Yes, some of the things. Yeah. But after I'd finished writing it and had it published, I thought, oh, I should have put this in and that in. And, you know. Well, that might be I in did. book two. Are you thinking about writing another book or you have any, mm -hmm. anything else planned? It was such a headache writing the first one. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this is a remarkable book. And um, what do you hope people get out of it? What do you want them to learn from it? What do you want them to take away from it? That God is very real. He's mm -hmm. not a figment of somebody's imagination. He is real. Yeah. And he loves everybody. He's there for everybody, no matter how bad they think they are. No matter if they're a murderer, whatever sins they've done, we're, we're all sinners. You know, we all do yeah. wrong things or think wrong thoughts. Right. And I want people to read the book and take to heart how wonderful the Lord Jesus is. Yeah. And that he can do for them what he's done for me. He yeah. longs to. He wants to help us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you do believe, you will 
have eternal life. I really believe it. And your life on this planet will be a lot more peaceful, a lot more joyous, a lot more um, fully lived, because I think you'll have a greater understanding for the things and the people around you. Um, I love the people around me. Yeah. In fact, my, my neighbor was talking to a, a new person, a new neighbor who just moved in. Mm -hmm. And she's this one, she loves everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great, that's a great compliment. That's how we should live our lives, you know, without a doubt. Tell us a little bit about your life in Brighton. Have you lived there your whole life? No. No. I, I was born in Kingston upon Thames. Mm -hmm. I lived in Mitcham for years and then Streatham. And then I moved to Brighton in uh, 1960. Seven, I think it was. Yeah, so you've been in uh, Brighton for a, a little bit of time. Sorry? Uh, I said you've been in Brighton for a little while. Oh, yes, I've been in Brighton for what? Oh, golly, most of my life. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's wonderful. Was, I, I hear I it's a pretty much, place. I was when I came to Brighton. Yeah. And now I'm 83. <laughs> <laughs> when you look back on your journey of faith, Knowing what you know now, is there something you would have changed or something you would have done differently? Possibly. Mm. I wanted to be a nurse, and that's what I went into. Mm -hmm. But I would like to have gone further. Yeah. You know, I love watching um, air ambulance and the wonderful things they do to save people's lives. Yeah. In bad accidents. And I thought, oh, if they'd had that in my day, yeah. I would have wanted to be there to do that. Yeah. But well, um, I, apart from that, life is life. Yep, exactly. I actually don't think there's any more important occupation in the world than being a nurse. When you're in the hospital, uh, it's like an angel of mercy has walked into the room when a nurse comes in with your medicine or a comforting word or to give you an update on your condition because the doctors are busy. They treat you, they see you, you they come and they go, but the nurses are the one who cares for you. The fact that the caring is the important part. It really is more like how Jesus lived his life and caring and doing and, you know, helping sustain life. Yes. Yeah. And it's the nurses that the patients will tell things to. Yeah, they've they've got more time. The doctors, they do that. You know, they do what they have to do, and they do it well. But yeah. sometimes the patients are a bit nervous of sharing something with a doctor, but they share it with the nurse, and then of course the nurse can pass it on to the doctor. Exactly. Excellent. Exactly. Yep. And it it all means good care for the patient, and I'm sure you said a prayer once or twice or many more times with uh, some of the patients he cared for as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the name of the book is Great is Thy Faithfulness. It is a wonderful exploration of a woman's love for God and her journey in life as she lives a Christ-filled life and has done so much good for so many people and has overcome trials in her own life by sustaining her faith. Jillian, thank you so much for joining us here today on Spotlight. Thank you.
Oh, the pleasure is all mine. And to the folks at home, I'm Logan Crawford, thanking you for your time this time. Until next time on Spotlight.